Today's episode of the Sensory Friendly Solutions Podcast on the Unsettled Media Podcast Network is brought to you by Sensory Friendly Solutions. Discover sensory friendly solutions for daily life. To learn more, head to sensoryfriendly.net. Hello, listeners. Welcome to episode six of the Sensory Friendly Solutions podcast. It's hard to believe you've now been with us for six episodes, but here we are. And we're very lucky to have had the voice of Corinne Gagne on this episode, all the way from Greater Montreal. She's the president of FDMT. You can find out more about FDMT at fdmt.ca. The introduction for this episode will be short, but I wanted to read the first paragraph of the About Us page on FDMT's website. It really struck a chord. It says this, all children learn differently, and our goal is to help them develop to their full potential. We wholeheartedly offer you resources, games, educational materials, and quality sensory tools. We are your allies in challenges and your accomplices in your daily pleasures. This is episode six of the Sensory Friendly Solutions podcast with Corinne Gagne. Corinne, thank you so much for joining the Sensory Friendly Solutions podcast. Well, thank you, Matt, for having me. Corinne, where, where am I finding you right now? Well, I'm in Longueuil, which is just outside of Montreal in Quebec, Canada. <laughs> mm-hmm. Excellent. Great. I'm on the East Coast, a little bit further towards the ocean than you are. But nonetheless, I'm really glad that we could connect today. And before we get going, I'd love you to introduce yourself and the work you're doing right now. I know some of our listeners may be familiar, but we want to make sure they're up to speed with all of the great things you're doing right now. Sure. Well, uh, basically, I'm uh, the owner and the founder of uh, FDMT and the Manimal Weighted Animals. FDMT is uh, a sensory product um, uh, solution, I should say, which I started 18 years ago. And uh, we've started this business, my dad and I, because... uh, Simply, there was a lot of things. I used to work in the hotel business, which is completely outside of this this kind of sensory world. But if life at this point was really it was an OT and specialized with kids with um, uh, sensory issues, and I was fascinated with uh, with with all this clientele, and I was pregnant at that time. And it just happened that my daughter, Anais, um, w- when she was born in 2002, um, she was like, uh, well, she was a special kid. She was wonderful, yeah. but she had those uh, special issues, I should say. We found out later on that um, she had like sensory disorder and that she was like on the uh, autism spectrum. And it kind of made me engage even more, I should say, in in this business. I love what I was starting to do. I was always good with people. I was always curious. Uh, I'm not an OT myself, but my sister is an OT. And uh, it just was really something that I wanted to go further into it. And because of my daughter, I, I just simply like 
digged in even more. Uh, so we've created uh, the Manimo line, which are the weighted animal. The reason for Manimo was really like OTs in the sensory field would work a lot with uh, weighted blankets or weighted vests, which was more therapy. And if we're back 18 years ago, that was really something that was not as the awareness about these kinds of products were really not well known for like the, 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 the public in general. And talking with uh, with teachers and with OTs and this whole we just said like, well, how about we create something that the kids will want to use and yeah. that will relate to, and it will become something more than just a therapeutic tool, but it will be something that becomes kind of your friend. And that's that's where really the Manimo line came in. So Manimo is basically like a, an animal shape, like kind of a, a, like a, like a stuffed animal, like a teddy mm. bear, but it's not a teddy bear. Like the first one was a lizard. Mm. Why a lizard? Because we thought it was something different. That was not like, uh, that was really never, never, like it's not something that you really want to cuddle for first at the beginning. Yeah. But but because of the way the lizard is made, it's like the big paws and the long tail. You kind of want to play with it. So that's mm. how it happened. It was really something that we wanted to create um, for kids at the beginning uh, with sensory uh, issues to have something that would achieve what a weighted vest would in therapy, but something that the kid can actually relate to and just go and grab when they need it. So it's something accessible instead of being a therapy. That's really how it started, what we're doing. I love talking about our guests' origin stories because they're all so fascinating and there's always a catalyst somewhere within that conversation. But before we get to that, you just gave a, a great description, but I want to rewind just for a minute and do what I feel is, is kind of a mandatory COVID check-in. Um, mm-hmm. How did the company manage through what we're all experiencing right now? I know as far as the Eastern portion of the company, Montreal was particularly adversely affected. I have some many friends in your area Mm-hmm. So how did you navigate? Did you change your approach? Um, was there actually opportunity discovered? Did it hurt the business? How have you been navigating throughout this? Well, I think like like everybody, if we just like we we just like step back six months ago, um, how it all happened. And yes, Montreal was really well affected, and we are still we are like in a red alert zone at this point. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I think that. Personally, I when all this happened and everything got like uh, like the, the 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 big lockdown, everything happened so fast. And I was just back from uh, vacation with my daughter. I was a weekend vacation with her, like uh, like a school school break. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just came back and just like realizing, like we knew that it was there, it was coming. But it's kind of I think that I feel like I, I received like a big a big you know, something in the forehead and just like, yeah. oh my gosh, okay, th- this is what it is. And then like the school stopped like two two days after I came back from uh, vacation. So when it happened, basically it, the, the, the first thing was like, okay, schools are shutting down. Business are shut down like two days after. So we basically, we had to shut everything down. That was, that was, that was difficult. I should say as a, as a business owner, yes, but as more as a, as a human being, you don't build a business and you don't have like a team 
to have to, um, uh, how do you say that in English, to uh, make people like out of work? Uh, I don't know the, mm-hmm. the exact term. Yeah. So this is, this is something that, that was really hard. And I had to do this uh, over uh, Zoom because uh, with my team, because I was in quarantine, because I, I had traveled outside right. of the country. Right. So that was really hard. I should say as a human, I didn't like that part. That was really hard. But at the yeah. same time, it shows how much energy inside you can have. So me and a very small team, I mean, like for the first three weeks of uh, the lockdown, we were uh, 10 people out of a team of 40. And, uh, and we just try to, okay, rethink how we're going to do things, how we can reopen. And we were able to reopen because we were considered essential services because we, uh, we actually supply a lot of the healthcare system. Uh, so for that reason, and because we do online business, we were allowed to, um, to continue business. But being allowed to continue business, it's not that easy. I mean, like yeah. you have to make all the, the 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 sanitary like protocol and everything. So we basically work in tremendous amount of hours and making sure that we could reopen with a with a small team and that people would be safe. So we've done that. I mean, like I actually was in the warehouse because like we had like backlogs and orders and things like that. So we we basically worked a lot. But what had happened to me, I should say, is that it made me being able to focus after 18 years in business we had done a lot of things i mean we have like lots of products in different fields a lot of it it's always to help the uh, children but not only younger children but young Mm -hmm. adults how to develop themselves and get you know get knowledge and get better so this is what we always focus in at fdmt but we've tried many things. We have a big base of customer for schools, but um, obviously they were closed for many months. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then it it made me retaught the business in the sense in in the sense that I was like, okay, I'm doing a lot of things, but what is the essence of this business? Right. And it made me came back to the original reason why I had started this business. And it was to help people with the, in the sensory field in the way that people need to be comfortable in their own body. Mm. They need to be calm uh, to be able to uh, uh, make more, not, you know, learn, learn easier and all this. So that being said, it was really getting back to my project. And what happened is that I had like, in my on my desk, I had like new design for Manimo already waiting, new design for other products, and I said to my team, I said, "Okay, this is our time. We're doing this. We're going to invest in getting those projects done fast because I think that people need it, and I think that Manimo can be a very good help in in managing the." anxiety that we have i think that we all have our level of anxiety has all like yeah. uh, uh, get higher it because of this pandemic situation and that's what we have done we've we're launching new manimo and uh, we're launching new products also in the sensory field uh, mm-hmm. this fall i mean we work extremely fast uh with our business partner our manufacturer to be able to get this uh done and what happens is that I feel as a business owner that the team, I mean, most of the team is now back uh, to work with us. And uh, I feel that 
it's like we have like a purpose together as a team mm. and 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 this the sense of engagement of everybody in the team is even stronger um i think that this is what i found about this pandemic situation yeah it's in been a really way, fascinating it's positive. to hear from people yeah you're right in the sense that we've heard from many people that as you say it's given them cause to go back to their roots to the original mission and vision of the company and to really do their best to provide value in this time and and like you say we're all experiencing this kind of collective unease and one of the quotes that i always ask our guests to reflect on is this really fascinating stat that as of June 2020, so pre-pandemic, sensory overload was being searched. Well, maybe that isn't pre-pandemic. That's that's for many of us right in the thick of it. So the, the stat is that sensory overload was being searched over 40,000 times a month on Google. And the number may not seem very large, but according to Google Trends, that's a 50% increase in the past year. So I always ask our guests to reflect. I know I don't expect you to be an expert here, but just reflecting on, I mean, what are we all experiencing as a collective? Our routines have been disrupted. We're bombarded by news. What do you see us experiencing as a community right now? Obviously, it's like, it's it's really disturbing. I mean, like in the sense that we, we I think that we've all made like, um, news overload i should say <laughs> like wow. the information i mean like like trying to 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 understand what's going on trying to understand the virus itself trying to understand what it's going to do to our the way we are we, we communicate the way we interact i mean yes there, there was a lot of a uh, um of a uh, communication tools available if we just think of zooms or, or teams or any type of those but spending most of your day uh, with those, um, um, it, it, it makes it hard also. I mean, mm -hmm. I was talking a lot with people in my team and even other people. I mean, I'm, I'm part of a, of a business, uh, owner group, uh, which we exchange and we're able to, um, you know, like share the experience and how we feel and all this. And that's one of the things that came out is like how tiring it is to be in front of your, of your screen mm. all day, it really changes a lot of things. And even for the student, my my own daughter, I mean, like now eighteen, I mean, she's she's uh, doing most of her study uh, from home, and it it it's it's asking a lot of us like of like a uh, self discipline, you know, to be able to to yeah. really manage your schedule and get things, but also all the social. Part. Some people are more social and needs, you know, like that restaurant, you know, like lunch with friends and, and gather together. Some people are less, but even people that are not that social, big social, I mean, you still have that contact with friends. I mean, I have good friends of mine. I mean, that you can't even give a hug. You can't give a hug to your mother. This mm. is this is hard, I, I think, uh, on people. And even if we're trying to adjust, we're still really in the adjustment part. And I'm not sure any human is really able to adjust completely of not having that hug to the people you care and love. I think that's 
to me anyway, it's part of the thing that I found very hard not mm. to be able uh, to uh, to be so close to the people that you love and you care about. It's it's hard. We try other things, but it's not the same. Yeah, certainly. I know we're all really feeling that unease right now. So let's go back to your career arc, Corinne, and how you came about starting this. So FDMT starts, you're you're in the hotel industry at the time, but then you decide you need to branch out, you need to start this business. And was the inspiration for the company based on your daughter's experience of sensory disorder? Actually, no, it just came at the same time, which is the, I always think that it's kind of the odds, the stars that just aligned to me, for me to be at that, on that spot. Um, It was really, it was like, like I, the story is really at a dinner, uh, dinner table. My dad is there. uh, His wife is there. She's an OT. We're just talking. My husband is there. We're just like, blah, blah, blah. And then we're just like, she's saying like, well, you know, uh, we're really having a lot of difficulties, like trying to get those kind of products in. I mean, there's there's some in the states, but it's like it's very expensive. It's hard to be accessible, and not really happy with what I'm looking. My dad was retired at that point, but he had like businesses in his in his uh, previously, and I was in maternity leave, and I was just like, well. I worked 10 years in the hotel and restaurant business and I was already questioning myself, like, what can I do that I would feel that I have a mission in life? You know, that I feel like that I will do a difference. And, uh, and, and that what that's how it really started. We started looking at each other and saying, well, what can we do about this? And it just started there from scratch. And we designed the product and we worked with lots of different OTs and different teachers because we wanted to, to uh, see how the products would be uh, in, in reaction in the field. So that's really how it started. I mean, like we worked for um, on the research of uh, getting the products and the first line of products done for about like uh, almost two years before we make our first presentation to a, an OT conference. That was uh, fall of 2004. I still remember it like if it was yesterday. Uh, uh, and when I got in that room, there was 40 OTs there, and they were all there for a special uh, workshop for um, uh, um, for the Wilbarger protocol, which is really something that we do in the, 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 the sensory field. Mm-hmm. So I was there presenting my five products like that. It just it was just like wow, newly made, and. All the OT went like kind of a crazy happy about what we, we just launched. And that's when I really knew like, okay, th- I'm doing this for something. And after that moment, I just started to invest in even more. I had invested two years of my time like in, in the research and the development of the product. But that's when I saw the reaction with the OT and then later on, a few months later, like when I got comebacks from the customer, from the parents, uh, I really thought like, okay, this is, this is bigger than I would even, even thought that it would be. And the, the great things about this is that I think that my daughter having those difficulties, obviously, like from the start, like in the beginning of the first two years, made me really want to look for a solution and uh, how can I interact and get and get um, those kids to be able to have a great day. Basically, that that was my my thought. I wanted I wanted my daughter to to reach from point A to point B, and even to point 
path and, and, you know, like, and further on, I wanted to to evolve. And that's why what I always have in mind with the, the, the launching, the creating, or even just the, in, in the, the distribution field of finding products that can actually really help, uh, the kids, but the teachers and the parents to, to, to get to move and to learn. So that, that's really something that it's still there. I mean, like in my, in my inner me, I should say, it's something yeah. that trills me every morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. We're going to get to some strategies that you've used in your life and in your daughter's life towards the end of the episode. But I'm curious, how did the line of weighted products begin? And and what? how do they manifest in the child? Because I'm thinking of Manimo and the really interesting application of making the just the simple technology of a weighted product more accessible and maybe even safe than something like a blanket or a sweater. But when did research around these weighted products, product lines begin and how do they help someone like your daughter navigate the world in a better way? Is it, is it that they're more comfortable? Is it a relaxing sensation? Yeah, well, actually, it really comes from a, from a, the, the, the OT part of sensory integration. I mean, basically, it's like de- it's the deep pressure therapy, which we it's the same one that you use in vest or in blankets. And the deep pressure therapy to make this simple, what it does is that it's a little bit like a massage. You know, when you, you go for a massage, you get that deep pressure feel. And what it does, it mm-hmm. actually kind of does like a I always call it like a reset of your nervous system. So if you are in the sensory overload, you're hyperactive or hyperreactive, it will actually help you to come down to a good level of awareness. But if it, it works in the other, the opposite side, if you hypo, so if you don't have enough awareness, it will actually bring you back up to a good level. So it makes two things. It either calms you down or it helps you being more aware of and being more there. And I always relate this like if you have attention deficit disorder, sometimes it's hard for you to keep your mind at the good spot. Let's Mm -hmm. say in the classroom to be able to listen to the teacher and not listening to the noise around and things like that. So Manimo and deep pressure, what it does, it helps you giving you that deep pressure to your body to help you focus. So that's the way it works. Like scientifically, that's the way it does. Um, but at the same time, the difference between Manimo and a vest or a blanket, because it is uh, accessible, it's not too heavy. It's between one and two kilo. It's something that you can actually hold, like you would hold like a, uh, a baby or you would hold your cat. So it's, it's small. But the way we, we, we design them is that they have kind of a stretch fabric and it kind of gives you a hug. The way they are built is actually as soon as you take them in your arm, they kind of give you that hug and that feeling of getting like a squeeze, a hug or a massage. And that's how Manimo makes it very easy to use because it's easy to bring everywhere, but it's not something that you would wear as a a vest because you can't wear a vest 
with two, three kilo on you all day. It doesn't make sense. It would be like wearing a backpack overfilled, you know, it, it, right. it's not for your body. So that's where the difference is. Right. We've had some fascinating conversations on the podcast already with people who are either thinkers in this space or researchers in this space, but people who have also had real world experience. In some of the last episodes, we had Maureen Benny, who is the founder of the Autism Awareness Center. And we also had uh, Bill Wong, who is an OT himself on the West Coast of America, who was diagnosed with autism when he became an adult as a child. There were a few things that he pointed to and said, I see those kinds of things in myself when I, when I learned how autistic children play and how autistic children experience the world, I see that within myself, but it was, they were reluctant to give him a diagnosis because of his high IQ, which was a really interesting conversation. And then on top of that, we had Carol Kranowitz, who is the writer of the out of sync child, um, which has sold over a million copies has been blurred by the New York times and others. Your daughter's experience of the world sounds so interesting in such a through way through the conversations that we've had already on this podcast. I know our listeners are really looking at strategies and solutions to navigate sensory overload and to navigate this time. What are some of the strategies you've employed when you're, when you're designing products or implementing products, but also what kinds of strategies are you implementing at home in your life and with your daughter during this time? Well, I think that what I've learned very fast, like early in, in my daughter's life, is that I had to be there at the moment. I mean, I think that like being there at the present with her was what I've learned the most. I mean, I think that sometimes we're just like, hmm, what's going to happen? What's it? I call it make it cartoon of what, what's going to happen in, in the future. But basically, it brings me back to now this moment and the strategies that i use i was very lucky because i had like with with my work with uh with fdmt and manny Mo, like i had the chance to uh meet some tremendous people and actually maureen benny is one of them that became friend with me mm. over time but what people that i've met in this field taught me it's really to trust my inner feeling with my daughter and it, it was really what I was trying to do. It's not to change her. It was really to work with her and work with what was her, 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 her force. What, what, what was, what was good with her? What really? And, and, and in the day, what I understand, like there was a lot of overload in many times with her when she was younger and there still is which is it doesn't change because she gets older it just the strategies are different mm -hmm. different but in some ways what i always try to do is to have like a calm time in in the morning even before going to school or, or start working it's really to have a calm time but it's always preceded by uh exercise time mm -hmm. for me and for my daughter it makes a big difference. So we start our day with either go out for a walk, go down for go go for a jog. I mean, when she was little, it was like do the trampoline, uh, you know, heavy work, and then a calm moment. Let's let's calm down. Manimo could be part of it, but it could also just be like now it could be just like a a, a quick uh, um, meditation, but just to 
relax, like a calm music. But it's also to do that a lot of time to, during the day. And we use a lot of the deep pressure, not only with, with uh, Manimo, but also with just like deep pressure, like press your arms in together that you can jump. So we use a lot of that during the day. And we found out that when we do this, like little sensory break throughout the day, we get to the end of our day and we're not as exhausted Mm. as when we don't do it. So this is, I think that this is the main strategy that we are, we have been using for years, my daughter and I, and I include myself in that because like I, I, I'm not on the spectrum, but I do have some sensory issue and it's, it's working to feel that you realize, Oh, okay, this is good for me. I like that. It makes sense. (laughs) So I think that it's that it's really to do it just a little bit at a time. And I found and I relate a lot of this, like it's like exercising. Uh, I'm not the type that will go for five hours of something once a week. I prefer to do a little every day. And for me, it works best. But I'm like that in many parts of my life. And I think for the sensory, it works well, if you're addressing it like regularly instead of when it's too late. Yeah. And it seems like you're a really big advocate for consistency as well. Yes. Well, it works well for me. I'm very good with routine. (laughs) Mm, mm, Yes. Yeah. We've heard that reflection from many of our guests. Corinne, you've been extremely generous with your time We thank you so much for being on this podcast journey with us on the Sensory Friendly Solutions podcast. And the final thing is, where can our listeners interface with your work? We're really interested in what Manimo is doing, what FDMT is doing. What's the best place to find you and interface with your work? Actually, FDMT and Manimo both have like um, a Facebook pages. We also have a website uh, for both uh, Manimo.ca and FDMT.ca. But please find us on the social media, Facebook, Instagram. We're there and we'll be happy to uh, answer questions and chat with you and uh, just like share what we have, what we can uh, share with you. That's excellent, Corinne. We'll make sure that we point our listeners to all of the places that you are online in our show notes. And I thank you again for being a part of the Sensory Friendly Solutions podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was really nice having this conversation, Matt. It was a pleasure for me as well. Be well. Be well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Crystal, we're back for the reflection segment on the Sensory Friendly Solutions podcast. This is episode six. Is it is it crazy to you that we're on the back nine of this first season? It is. It's so. Uh, it's funny you say that, Matt, because mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, I can't believe how how quickly it goes by, uh, mm-hmm. and how uh, just wonderful the conversations are in that they each offer as much as they each offer different insights. Um, they also. There's there's a there's a thread right of of sensory friendly solutions that are that are woven through all of them uh, that we always seem to come back to with each guest uh, so that makes yeah that just makes it interesting and mm-hmm. inviting and affirming yeah for me it's it's time has felt like it's going quickly 
this whole fall season. I know partially because of the pandemic, but also if you don't take the time to see the high ground and you're just always in the trenches, sometimes you lose the view of the whole forest. And what crystallized it for me in doing this episode six is exactly what you said. I'm starting to see the thread. I'm starting to see the patterns. I'm starting to see the lived experience that's coming out in each and every single episode and doing the blog has been great. And I encourage our listeners to head to our website and check out the blog posts, but that's exactly what it is. It's, it's crystallized for me is, is okay. Now I see what this is all about and we've heard it time and time again. And, and we talk about these threads and I'm really interested to see for episode six, Corinne Gagne, what really caught your attention? Yeah, uh, so Karen, I'll say I've I've known for a, a number of years, um, and I'll I'll disclose that as a as an occupational therapist, I recommended as a practicing occupational therapist and clinician, absolutely recommended their their products, um, FDMT products, and I've liked them so much. I've actually represented them at trade shows, gone to gone to trade shows as an mm. occupational therapist, right? To in the past to to talk to folks um, about their projects, so uh, their products. So I just wanted to. Uh, um, to share that um, they're uh, such a, a phenomenal uh, company, which uh, Kellen's passion and her mission—it um, was so—it um, was so nice to hear that. I, I'd heard, not heard. Um, so much about the germination of the company, uh, but one of the things that really attracted me to them as an occupational therapist was that not even hearing her um, her founder story, um, just her her passion and her purpose shines through in in what they're trying to do. Um, she she started she started with a little just a, a, a little story or a little quote where she um, she said something, Matt, where they they were really trying to create solutions that were uh, more than therapy was kind of like your your friend in in the manimo the weighted animal mm -hmm. products that they've designed conceptualized brought to life and and iterated on and that just that little statement um it made me a little teary and and brought me back in in my career um i'm gonna say about easily easily 15 years ago now uh working with a preschooler goodness who, who would now be a young man mm -hmm. and um i had this little lending this lending library of of sensory strategies and and tools and one of the things we had is we we had it uh we had um it was, uh, I think it was uh, the weighted uh, frog. And so I, I, and I saw him weekly um, for therapy. And uh, so we loaned it out to, he was going to give it a try. Um, and it was from our lending library. And, and when they came back for their therapy session the next week, um, he, he was upset. He was asking me, why, why do I have to give my only friend back? That's how oh, he described the, the weighted lap animal and, and, and the frog. And, and so obviously he, that was his <laughs> henceforth. Um, but just, again, the solution, then that, that story from uh, Karin uh, about, you know, um, her journey uh, uh, to this, and that um, they're creating solutions that they they want to feel like friends, right, yeah. for people, and that just hit home. Yeah, in my research, I knew Manimo would be one of the centers of the conversation, but I did ask Corinne, and I'm interested in your own words as well in your practice. You you told me in the reflections for episode five that you started practicing in '94, which you said 
may have dated yourself, but that just makes you an expert in the field. And for listeners, if they're curious, I was too when you started practicing. I was two years old. No, oh, oh thanks, Matt. That just, yeah. Um, so yeah, so our listeners, yeah, can't hear that Matt and I can see each other right now. And uh, yeah, thanks, Matt. That uh, lovely. So, so what I was curious in, in asking Corinne is, is this, when did weighted products become part of the industry? Because I, I loved hearing the inspiration for Manimo because as you know, and you've told me more than once, there is a little bit of controversy controversy in the industry, or maybe just best practices is a better way to put it in terms of weighted blankets and weighted vests or wearables. But Manimo was a response to to a gap that Corinne and her team had saw in things that like your early your early guest and patient could carry around, could become a friend, could could really walk around life with. So when did weighted products come on the scene and why are they what is the what's the inspiration is it that sense of comfort and and touch yeah so yeah you i the, the exact date i'm like oh goodness matt i yeah i don't know and I, but i will say um fdmt were absolute uh leaders there were mm-hmm. other similar products um absolutely at the time and and corinne i think she gave a date of 2004 um for for their kind of start date um on this and um, absolutely other products that were um you know nice products a little bit more like like stuffed toys um one of the the great things about their products again just that the thoughtfulness um and, and products that i'm gonna say are used across the the lifespan right they are absolutely they were designed first for children um mm-hmm. They have uh, many different uh, materials, many different sizes, and that's one of the things I like about them. Um, and they're um, developing more and more lines that are, again, now now more appropriate, for example, uh, with um, older adults with dementia, right, who mm-hmm. also are seeking um, sort of that, that calmness. And um, it's, um, again, so they've designed a, a, a product um, that's different um, from, uh, and that was different from the onset from other products uh, because of the material they used. Uh, they want it to be friendly um, and uh, kind of like a hug, right? That that draping material, um, but that it still stands the the test of time, right? These are mm-hmm. durable, durable products, and. Um, uh, so again, and there's there's lots of other products um, out there, uh, but some of the the specifics that and the attention to detail, uh, the 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 research, the testing they do, they try things out, the testing that they do um, really shows up in why, for example, that young boy I worked with, mm-hmm. um, you know, called called the weighted lap animal his yeah. his only friend. Yeah, yeah. When we when we plug. Uh, FDMT's products in our innovation segment, like you say, you are a supporter. There's many on the market, but you are a supporter what, of what Corinne and her team are doing in the company. And it it struck me as a through way that I've seen many times before on the podcast, designing solutions, specifically sensory friendly solutions that meet people where they are and fill a gap. We saw that with Dr. Wong. We saw that with Carol Stock Kranowitz, and we're seeing it again with Manimo and the other products, when you look on the website, you see things like adjustable tables, you see the Manimo line, things to meet people where they are. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, and Karen talked about, and we use, you know, I'll say as occupational therapists um, and, and many people looking for solutions, lose use products like um, uh, compression vests, weighted vests, weighted blankets, but really the thoughtfulness behind this line of, of solution um, is, um, you know, is that it's something that can be picked up, carried around, uh, very portable, just very comfortable, um, and something incredibly in, engaging, right, mm-hmm. for people. And you, you, that thoughtfulness, you, you kind of you know, sort of alluding to that and that the solutions, the solutions that we're, we're, I don't want to say not discovering some of them we know about, but the solutions that we're really highlighting here. Corinne said something um, you were talking about, you know, what strategies does she use every day? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are things that, that she finds uh, makes a difference? And she talked about being there in the, in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, again, um, as someone who... Um, like Karen, who's on a path to uh, develop and discover uh, solutions that she's um, not um, not lost sight of that, of the importance of that, and how that informs uh, everything else that we do, and you know, and that resonates with the busyness of what we're all experiencing right now, the the change, the stress, the anxiety, um, and that our guests often they're their strategies and the sensory friendly solutions that they're um, bringing to light. Um, You know, there is uh, something about uh, being there in the moment that gives clarity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it requires again, us to be thoughtful on this side of the conversation to say, how can we, how can we be more present in our daily lives? to meet people where they are, to develop sensory friendly solutions for us and for our community. And that's what we're trying to do here on the podcast. Are there anything, are there any other thoughts, Crystal, that you had on episode six? Um, What was going through your mind listening to this conversation? Yeah, um, there was a little bit that uh, I really liked um, that uh, Karen uh, shared uh, towards the end and, and the particular strategies that she's put into place uh, for herself personally and her daughter and their family at home. Um, and I liked, uh, she sort of said she was a little bit first then, she said, first we, first we move, right? And then we quiet the mind. Uh, and I liked the way that um, they're making that connection uh, together. It's not not necessarily one or the other, but the, the power of uh, combining movement and then a little meditation or a, a strategy like Manimo using a product like Manimo or something that brings some quiet to the mind. So that really resonated. And the other thing she said was what works for her, um, they do a little bit at a time. And sometimes, Matt, we, you know, we think I have to do an, you know, an hour of exercise and 30 minutes of meditation, mm. you know, for, for that to work for me. And, and, you know, Corinne really quite clearly has figured out um, what works best for her and her family. Yeah. Yeah. I think getting those small wins goes a long way, especially in a moment like this. We often do put that kind of pressure on ourselves to do that full one hour hit workout or whatever it is. But as Corinne said, a little bit at a time, those small wins and those small steps. And and I can't wait to get to the innovation segment of this episode to talk about some of those products that meet people where they are. 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the innovation segment of episode six of the Sensory Friendly Solutions podcast with Corinne Gagne. You just heard from Crystal Seeberger, our founder and president of Sensory Friendly Solutions, reflecting on what she heard in the podcast. And one thing we both agreed on is we're seeing patterns. We're seeing folks coming up with sensory friendly solutions for daily life to meet people where they are. We see that FDMT, Corinne's company, on the back of the success of Manimo, which is one of their excellent products, it's a response to what Corinne saw as a gap in the weighted products market. We've all seen weighted blankets. Some of us may have seen weighted vests. As Crystal pointed out, there are other products on the market, but FDMT has a fantastic line called Manimo, and they were designed in Quebec in 2002 and has become an essential sensory tool for thousands of people. They're heavy, they're comforting plush toys that provide, as the website says, that proprioceptive sensory stimulation for young and old folks with a calming effect on the body and the mind. They have a turtle, they have half moon balls, they have full moon balls, they have a dolphin, they have a frog, as Crystal mentioned, in one of the young boys that she worked with early in his life. They're great products. Head to fdmt.ca slash manimo, M-A-N-I-M-O, for more. And while you're there, browse FDMT's products. Like I said, it's fascinating to see people who are building things that meet people where they are. You're going to see adjustable tables. They have some games. They have bracelets. New on the market given the time is a timer for washing your hands. It has a great feedback mechanism, a good system to show you the countdown as you wash your hands, allowing you to engage those senses. They have headphones for noise reduction. There's a lot of great stuff. Go to fdmt.ca after listening to this innovation segment to find products that Corinne and her team have really thoughtfully designed. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll be back next week with episode seven of the Sensory Friendly Solutions podcast. Thank you to our sponsor, Taking It Global, ensuring that youth around the world are actively engaged and connected in shaping a more inclusive, peaceful, and sustainable world. As part of their Rising Youth Initiative, they're looking for young people who are inspired with ideas and ready to take action through youth-led community service grants. Head to risingyouth.ca to learn more and to become the next Rising Youth grant recipient. The podcast is also supported by New Brunswick Community College as part of the Community Resource Awareness During and After COVID-19 Applied Research Project funded by the New Brunswick Innovation Foundation. Learn more about NBCC's efforts to transform lives and communities at nbcc.ca. The Sensory Friendly Solutions podcast is produced by me, Matt George, is engineered by the great Zachary Pelche and is part of the Unsettled Media Podcast Network.